0: Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program...
1: So so actually, if you look at it, I think the impact of no-code is like across sectors, across different uh, kind of uh, industries. Um, just help, and, and no-code along with a freemium SaaS model, it's it's uh, it can disrupt any kind of business.
0: That's after these headlines. Xiaomi has displaced Apple to become the world's second biggest smartphone vendor by number of handsets sold, according to data from market research company Canalys, for the April to June period. At the end of June, Xiaomi had 17% of the global market, behind only Samsung's 19%. Apple had 14%. Oppo and Vivo had 10% each. Xiaomi is growing its overseas business rapidly, Canalys research manager Ben Stanton said in a press release. For example, its shipments increased more than 300% in Latin America, 150% in Africa, and 50% in Western Europe. Wipro, India's fourth largest IT services company, reported its best quarterly growth in the company's history, suggesting CEO Henry Delaporte's turnaround plan is working, helped by the accelerated demand in the U.S., the company's biggest market. Vipro's IT services segment revenue, which constitutes the bulk of the company's sales and profits, was at $2.4 billion for the April to June quarter, an increase of 12.2% over the previous three months and 25.7% over the same quarter a year ago. PIPRO also crossed the 200,000 employee count milestone, ending the June quarter with 209,890 people. Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook are collectively facing at least 70 competition-related lawsuits or investigations, up from 17 ongoing probes and cases two years ago, according to an analysis by The Information. The inquiries are ongoing in more than a dozen countries as well as the EU. In short, an online news aggregator has raised $60 million in funding from Y Capital and existing investors, Economic Times reports. The startup is backed by Leaf Pixels, Addition, Tiger Global, SIG, A91 Partners, and Tanglin Venture Partners. The content startup operates a news app, InShorts, and location-based social media platform, Public, which was launched two years ago. Earlier this year, Public raised 3 billion rupees from A91 Partners. Last year, it raised 2.6 billion rupees, led by Addition, Economic Times reported. OneCode, a platform to digitize the sales ecosystem, has raised $5 million in funding, led by Sequoia Capital India's Surge and Nexus Venture Partners, with participation from Waterbridge Ventures and a host of angel investors. Founded by Manish Shara and Yash Desai, OneCode connects a network of trusted and accessible sales agents to a pool of potential customers who may not be as tech-savvy. The startup's mission is to digitize 50 million sales agents across India and bridge the gap between brands and potential buyers who may need in-person interactions and physical touch points before committing to a purchase. Beehive, a startup building a platform to capture tacit knowledge in organizations, has raised $300,000 from JITO Angel Network, Let's Venture, and other angel investors. Backed by 100X VC, earlier in May 21, Beehive will use the money to build its technology further and expand its operations. No-code has become the new mantra of developers making software for business customers ranging from small businesses to enterprise customers. From bookkeeping to sales and customer relationship management, new startups are making it very easy for businesses to go digital in a matter of minutes and cloud-based subscriptions and self-service means that even micro entrepreneurs can take advantage of the latest online tools. I spoke with Kausambi Manjita, co-founder and CEO of Mason, a company that has already helped thousands of customers with its no-code solutions. Here's more from Kos, as all her friends call her, on the promise of no-code. Kos, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making uh, uh, time for this and uh, for our listeners uh, her name is uh, kosambi manjita datta Barova, if i got that right <laughs> and she's from you San. did you did uh, yeah so so for folks who are uh, not very familiar with mason uh, tell us a bit about uh, how you and uh, barda Sahu started it what was the opportunity you saw
1: absolutely um so we started it about a year back uh, and mason is a no code SaaS toolkit to just run your storefront, online storefront, right? And uh, if you just step back and look at the whole retail uh, space today, you know, 67 million retailers globally, you know, 13 to 15%, uh, you know, actually being e-commerce now. So the numbers are huge and there's this whole go online movement. But if you actually zoom in, right, uh, one of the gaps that you start seeing now is that going online is, is relatively simpler now you've got great products, which are again SaaS products like Shopify on one side or Wix or on the other side, near your home, there's Dukan. Uh, so there's a bunch of products that help you go online. Uh, but growing online is where the gap uh, is now has now shifted to the problems shifted to growing online. And that's because online, you are a 24-7 business, right? At any point in the day, at any point in, in the uh, entire, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, week or months or whenever, you have consumers who are on several different platforms, uh, browsing amazing content, discovering your brand and your products. And at any point in time, they might land in your online store to buy. And so you have to pretty much run a 24-7 business and an online business. And that makes, you know, growing online pretty hard. Uh, so we saw this gap that, uh, hey, you have your great, you know, backends and infrastructures, which are now abstracted out into SaaS products, but to actually manage your storefront on a day-to-day basis, you need, you know, engineering, design, business, all coming together to actually run your store. And, uh, you know, there are big uh, uh, enterprise kind of products out there that solve that problem. Uh, We saw that uh, the, the space for SMBs and entrepreneurs is completely fragmented. And yeah, that's where Mason fits in.
0: Hmm. And uh, so, your uh, target customers are uh, small and medium sized businesses, and would you find them mostly in India or are you also looking at uh, overseas uh, markets?
1: So because we are a product um, and, you know, online, what we realized over this last 12 months is that uh, anybody, again, we are also to happen to be a 24-7 and, uh, you know, location agnostic uh, product, looks like. Uh, so uh, we have about 9,000 now stores, uh, merchants and teams, SMB and uh, mid-market teams who are using the product, but they're distributed quite, quite globally. Uh, you know, primarily India, North America, um, Australia is where we are seeing a lot
0: of traction hmm. and uh, what what is your flagship product what's it called and uh, how does it help uh, you know the businesses who use it
1: Absolutely. And it's called Mason. Uh, that's the flagship product. And uh, to explain what it does, I will sort of like, I love storytelling. So I'll start with a story. Uh, I think like you would have seen it, Hari, like if you're on an Instagram or, or, on a, or on a Facebook or even on Pinterest and uh, you're just browsing, you know, and looking through different uh content pieces is chance upon a product or an ad or or maybe a a, you know page of a brand and you see this you know great looking t-shirt and you're like oh wow that looks good and you sort of like tap on it and you want to you know you're you're now down the purchase funnel and you know you land on that brand's store And uh, just as you're about to kind of like buy it, you realize that the color that you saw is not available, or maybe even the product is out of stock. So this happens because of that same problem that I mentioned: is that your customers can come in from any channel at any point in the day, uh, but your store, you know, your backend is kind of disconnected from all these communications, right? So that's what Mason does. It actually connects your store backend, like your data and inventory and procure, you know, your orders and all those systems to the communications and so it connects like design on one side which is all your communications and data on the other and uh, you know creates this like one piece middleware that helps you run your business without having to you know keep like a 24-7 team who's monitoring all your data and translating that into communication.
0: Hmm. and. Uh... You started your company pretty much in in the middle of the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, if I did my homework right. Uh, And in the pre-COVID days, uh, especially with small businesses in India, they seem to be slow to embrace technology and even cloud software companies, developers uh, were looking primarily uh, at the US or Europe as their main markets. Can you tell us how uh, this is changing today in India especially?
1: yes um we do see a difference and actually we started out with a different me and my co-founder we uh, had another product that we were working on and it was growing but it was a complete enterprise sort of a setup and uh, i think 2019 end of the year is when we were kind of like contemplating that hey like the same problem we were helping large essentially enterprise e-commerce teams Um, you know, uh, run their businesses, uh, operations in a a faster and more scalable way. Um, and, And so we were seeing this gap globally Um, And looking at India, we were seeing, even me, I keep uh, telling my, you know, team and my friends that I'm a shopaholic in some way, right? Because I do, uh, typical, your elder millennial, I do a lot of my shopping online. And uh, I'm always browsing and I'm always uh, there online and, and I chance upon products. And so there was already this observation that there is a gap. Between you know your uh, how uh, uh, a business needs to run online, which is twenty four seven, versus what they're able to achieve, right? And it was especially um, you know evident with smaller uh, uh, brands. So when you are on uh, you know you're browsing your local bakeries or uh, uh, you know your uh, candle maker or your you know uh, a mug uh, a porcelain uh, you know pottery team, and you're looking at their products and you kind of you know uh, want to browse and buy them i was, we were seeing this problem this was something that was happening right and um, so we were we kind of you know shifted and we started out Mason and just before the pandemic we started working on the product and we launched bang in may which was like right the pandemic and we were of course thinking at that point in time that hey how will you know people are coming online but they're all confused and we don't know how the traction will be uh, we saw quite interestingly that People are actually searching for a lot of these solutions now people uh, when we are getting when we were, uh, you know, uh, doing our customer discoveries and having conversations with small merchants, or even a local, you know, store owner in Bangalore, for example, where, I'm, where I live. Um, they were not just talking about what my problem is, but they were literally discussing features. You know, like, hey, do you do this, you know? So so what we are seeing is that uh, pre-pandemic uh, 2019-odd, when we were discussing this problem with other, uh, you know, merchants, with store owners, with SMB businesses and having conversations, it was more at a meta level. And what I see over this last year is that people are so uh, much more aware and, and looking like they're, uh, you know, uh, uh, exploring a lot of products and uh, prob- and very aware about their jobs to be done and the problems that they face. Uh, so we see the shift of actually moving into what are the features, these are my problems, these are the apps that I use and it's not helping me out.
0: Hmm. Give us uh, two different uh, examples of uh, the typical kind of customers who are really benefiting from your technologies today
1: yes and that's where no code comes into the picture so one of the things we were very clear about when we uh, you know uh, started working on the product was that hey, we we want i'm i'm a technologist but i'm i don't code right um and so I, me and my co-founder we're always talking about hey, when cos can use it you know without having to pull varada uh, into the picture that that's you know that's a product that can be used by everybody and um, so we uh, were very clear that when you're looking at a quintessential small business uh, entrepreneur too even uh, you know the first marketing hire the first revenue hire in a small business right uh, they are not your developers right and uh, when you pull a developer into the ecosystem or you pull uh, you know somebody who's a subject matter expertise into this whole pipeline you add uh, you know time a time lag to how fast you can react to you know your data you can react to your business needs Right. So we were very clear that, hey, we want to keep the user experience extremely simple um, so that uh, anybody, uh, you know, even if I'm setting up my store on Shopify tomorrow, I should be able to uh, use that, use the same Mason product and actually be able to run my store. Right. So what we did, uh, you know, Going to your question, what we did was that we uh, extracted a lot of playbooks in a way. So what that means is that, hey, typically, uh, you know, most of uh, businesses who are online have to have these sort of trending playbooks or new arrivals or very typical e-commerce use cases. And we created playbooks out of them which were actionable. So they could literally just install the app and actually go live with, you know, some kind of uh, automated watchdogs and put their store on autopilot, et cetera. So what we are seeing now over these 12 months is that um, these playbooks initially are, perspective was that hey, these playbooks people will use but of course like larger teams will find more value but we are surprised we are seeing that um a, even businesses which are in the uh, range of less than a million in in revenue 100 to 500 uh, you know k in revenue kind of teams are also finding value in uh, you know uh, using something which helps them merchandise and run their storefront easily right um so interestingly what we're seeing uh, to answer your question is that there are small to medium teams who are finding value because they find value in the productivity aspect of the uh, of the solution, whereas larger teams uh, who are like mid market more are finding value in kind of like the ROI aspect of the of the solution.
0: Hmm. Uh, explain a little bit more about how Mason helps its customers uh, use technology in that in the whole process of. Uh, uh, being discovered by their end customers uh, on the, in, you know, in terms of the storefront, and and in the back end, managing uh, their various business processes, their supply chains, and so on.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, we sit between the back end systems and the front end. Right. So what that means is that as a store owner today, I uh, might be, you know, I do have a presence on on an Amazon, I have a you know, product uh, set that is probably uploaded over there as an in the amazon seller services i might be on instagram um, i uh, will definitely have a facebook page i might even be you know up, uh, sharing my catalog with my customers on whatsapp right um, And on the other hand, I have probably my backend infrastructure, which is my inventory, for example, or either on top of a Shopify or on top of a Dukan.io, right? Which basically abstracts out all the complex, you know, inventory and product management systems that used to exist before. It abstracts out into a very simple, uh, you know, backend engine, right? Um, What, uh, you know, these stores now cannot do if they don't use a product like Mason is that. These all these distributed storefronts, right? Which is your, uh, say, WhatsApp catalog that's going out, or your uh, Instagram, uh, you know, uh, product feed that's going out, or your Amazon product feed that's going out. These are usually, uh, you know, a one time push. And then they are not constantly reading back the inventory status. For example, is the inventory out of stock? Is there a version of the inventory, like the color that is out of stock, for example? Right. So it's not reading that, nor is it reading. A bit more complex data. For example, hurry uh, and Cos have apparently bought, you know, a few products from this brand. And so, uh, you know, that brands, uh, you know, these set of T-shirts are trending now because we've bought them. Other people, we've told other people about it. They have bought them. So there's that, you know, rate of buying of that product is, is high. And so that's actually like a hot selling product, right? And if someone new comes to uh, that same brand, the brand wants to communicate that this is like running out of stock, right? Or or it's like selling hot. Um, and these sort of communications are usually uh, with pre-Mason, a team that's sitting not in real time, maybe, you know, end of the week, analyzing all this information, translating that into, oh, okay, you know, these five, product uh you know product items they are they were selling a lot last week or these product items are out of stock so we should refresh all our you know uh catalogs in all these distributed uh you know storefronts like amazon or whatsapp catalog etc right so so that used to be an offline process so what mason does it sits right there in the middle and it is constantly watching so you can set You know, out of the box, we have a set of all these different watchdogs, like rules. So you can say that, hey, I want to keep a watch of all my trending products, right? And so it will constantly watch and it will, the minute some product Uh, is like selling really a lot, it will constantly make, it will instantly make sure that, you know, all the different storefronts are also updated with the right information that, hey, this like stock is running out or it's selling fast, or, um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, the color is not available, etc. right? So what it's doing, it's actually, it's helping the shopping experience to, to be extremely streamlined. So at no point in a customer's Journey of buying or purchasing products from a certain brand or a SMB um, at, at no point will they have a wrong information uh, of what is uh, happening with the store, right? So the, you will have lesser drop-offs. We've seen uh, you know stores having uh, less drop-offs. Uh, you have more satisfied customers. Your NPS kind of starts going up, etc. Hmm. Uh,
0: this idea of uh, no code. Uh... Generally, uh, a lot of people are talking about it today. Uh, yep. Explain it to us a little bit more. I mean, uh, is it more of a, a marketing phrase uh, you know, to talk about how uh, people can use uh, kind of maybe simple components and get their hmm. uh, tech going quickly, or are there also more involved technical aspects to it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Hari. And, uh, you know, like uh, sometimes we, a lot of us technologists, we get so mired up in our own jargons that we sometimes, uh, you know, forget to step back and look at like what is really this technology or this, you know, uh, kind of feature, etc., is adding value back to the customers, right? So, I think with that perspective, what no code brings to the table is actually democratizes technology, right? Um, when you need to implement. A solution, um, you know, a, a piece of API or uh, a platform, etc. When you need that implemented for your business, you, without having access A to, uh, you know, a, a lot of good developers who can actually help you implement all of that, to, uh, it's not just implementing, you have to maintain it every day, right? Like your uh, the same technology, it has to be constantly updated, <clears throat> it has to be uh, maintained it has to uh, you know uh, uh, kind of match up to the times right on the and uh, finally all these uh, complex API, et cetera, systems, usually they are more built for developers, if you notice. And so uh, what happens is that, uh, and also they're selling to larger teams because, you know, who builds heavy technology infrastructure? It's usually larger teams, smaller teams don't do that. The reason they don't do that is because it's one, it's expensive, right? It's, uh, if you need to hire a lot of people who understand technology deeply, if you need to, uh, you know, implement heavy systems and maintain them, month over month year over year it's it's an investment from your side right um and on on the other hand there's also this space of what are these things that I need to implement right that's also complicated so if I'm coming online for the first time or I've you know set up my store my core value as a brand or as a small business is the products I'm trying to sell right and there's so much to like there's so much to do over there i need to make sure that i find the right products for my customers i need to deliver the best customer support i need to package and fulfill right and technology is another now new thing that I have to learn if I have to set up online, right? Because, oh, my God, I have to learn what are APIs, what are this platform, what is a platform, right? And how do I use all these uh, platforms to actually make my life better? So what I see, uh, uh, you know, no code as it actually democratizes that access, right? It enables, It's, it's it doesn't stop. Uh, you know, uh, uh, anybody from implementing solutions that helps them do better online. It it, it helps them become a brand. It helps them have a, a, you know, voice at the table. And otherwise they're just another, either product on, you know, a, a marketplace, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, doesn't have any face to it, or they lose out uh, on, you know, uh, being up with technology and having, uh, you know, automations and, uh, you know, AI and all of those jargons, they're unable to utilize it. So I think no-code brings that. It enables you to utilize all the, um, you know, cutting edge without having to invest a lot, one, or uh, hire a lot of people.
0: Hmm. Uh, just to clarify, uh, it only works if uh, somebody like a mason is actually offering it, right? I mean, uh, you have to look for Uh, these solutions.
1: Yeah, that is also true. And, and no code is not something that all products in the uh, uh, in in the retail tech ecosystem are right now. But we do see a lot of uh, movement towards SaaS and no code. And if you see that, for example, just uh, the two app, you know uh, platforms I'm, I have mentioned, Shopify and Dukan themselves are uh, simple to use, self serve SaaS toolkits, right? And they enable you to set up a store, for example, online. So we do see a lot of emergence of technologies. Uh, which are enabling uh, you know teams uh, e-commerce retail and even beyond retail uh, to actually uh, you know uh, have their own business in a sustainable way uh, without having to depend on a lot of people but yes you are right if if there is no nobody who provides a no code solution then it, it's uh, of course something that they cannot uh, have access to
0: hmm. i mean any uh, uh, surveys or studies that you are aware of because you're in the business in terms of I mean if you want to call it the no code economy what's the size of this
1: that's a good question i think i'll have to get back to you on that at some point but if you see it it's not restricted to a certain sector right like for example airtable is uh, you know a, a database that's like a no code database it can be implemented for anything right you can use your you can create a crm on one side you can use it as a spreadsheet on the other you can actually even set up your catalog on Airtable, right? But their USB is that hey, it's no code. You don't need like a lot of learning how to do macros and all of those complicated things uh, to actually set up your database in a way online, right? Um, so, so that that's that's something that's applicable to anything. On one side, on the other hand, you have you know products like Slack, which have extremely easy integration to uh, all your uh, internal uh, you know team solutions, right? You can connect your uh, uh, you get HR tools, you can connect your uh, emails, you can connect your Google Docs, etc. And that's also something that you don't really need, uh, like a lot of technology to implement, right. And it's again SAS, freemium, all of that stuff, right. So so actually, if you look at it, I think the impact of no code is like across sectors across different uh, kind of uh, industries. Um, just help and, and no code along with a freemium SaaS model, it's it's uh, it can disrupt any kind of business.
0: Okay, we'll have to leave there. Uh, uh, wonderful conversation, Kos. Uh, thank you again for making time uh, for this.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Hari.
0: That was Kosambi Manjitha. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on folksindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.